This, 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 this is mythical. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This is Dispatches from Myrtle Beach with Charles Neal and my son Link from Good Mythical Morning. How you doing, son? I'm doing all right, Dad. Some days are better than others. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> I, I would say I'm, uh, you know, some days are a 10, some days are, some days are a 5. But seeing you is notching it up. We don't, I don't want, I don't want, you know, it's not, not that we have to get into why it's a five, but hey, sometimes it happens, right? Where are you yes, on a scale yeah. of one to 10? Uh, well, Ben's is Friday when we're recording this. It, it's probably getting close to a nine or a, or a 10 because I don't have to go back to work anymore this uh, week. <laughs> I love hearing that. See, now I can, I can feed off of your energy. Yeah. And you can give yeah. me, maybe you can give, I bet you can get me up to a seven by the end of this. Maybe oh, even yeah. eight. And I, I, I think I can get you to an eight pretty quick. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I welcome that, Dad. And the beauty is, it's not like you got to give me um, five, six, seven, eight. That's three. I'm good at math today, too. It's not like you got to <laughs> give me three of your points. I think when you give me points... It might boost your points too. You might go all the way to ten. Well, I, I kind of was kind of wondering if you noticed anything different about me. You know what I did, and all good things must come to an end. I guess. Were you right? Re- it reckon? seems like it was well, your mullet. Oh, 
you got me! <laughs> I felt sure that you, because your hair, I felt sure you got that mullet cut off, Dad. You, you really got me. I was like, man, I'm already having a five of a day, and Dad cut his mullet off, and I don't want to be negative about it. So I'm just going to say all good things must come to an end. <laughs> I'm so relieved. I thought yeah. I was good. I thought I was having to carry the mantle myself. Yeah, there you go. It's still back there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's longer than ever. You, it's just shorter on top, which made it longer on the back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let it grow a little bit more on top. Where, but it, I, it, hey, when it's hot, I've been putting it up a ponytail working because it's, hey, when it's hanging on your back, it's hot. Oh, okay. Mm, mm. So, so the mullet I, I, is in danger. I can oh, tell. no, it ain't going nowhere. Well, it. whenever no, like. you decide, I just want to go on record. I, I love that you've done it, and I love the look, but whenever you want to change your look, do not factor me in at all. You know? Okay. I like changing right. my look so much, and I, I don't want people telling me how I'm supposed to look. So... We had our fun, and uh, I'm going to be supportive oh, yeah. of whatever hair decisions you make, Dad. Yeah. I love yeah. you for I love you for who you are, not just for the mullet, but I also love the mullet separately. Yeah, I I kind of run this by Logan. I said, Logan, I'm going to put my mullet up in a ponytail and see if Link catches it. So she and she loved it. So we <laughs> we got it going on. We got it going on. I mean, that was a big <laughs> emotional swing. It went from. I no longer have a mullet to my mullet is so long now I can put it in a ponytail. <laughs> hey, uh, well, you, you kind of know this. We're going to tell everybody else. Uh, I'm What's coming that? to LA. Woo hoo hoo. Yeah, we basically decided this yesterday. This is yeah. very fresh <laughs> news. I'm like, are we sure this is happening? I don't want to get too excited. But yeah, coming out to LA, we, our, our, our idea is to make the next Dispatches from Myrtle Beach in person. The first ever in the same room that's not at a remote location. Because we we did the yeah. we did it at Mythicon, but yep. this will be like a classic yeah. in the same room podcast. Can two yeah. Charles Neals be contained in the same space? We will find we out. Yeah, you might ought to get all them people to work for you prepared, too, for two Charles Neals, too. So. Uh, yeah, because you're going to be, you're going to come to work. Like, you're oh, going yeah. to work full hours here for a handful of days. Are you ready for that? Yeah, that's what you told me. So, clock yeah, in, ready. clock out? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, clock in, clock out, and... You know, I'll probably have to talk to somebody else, see if you're going to send me a check or not if I'm clocking in and clocking out. So. That's, a, that's a good point, Dad. That's a good point. <laughs> we ain't worried about that. But, yeah, we we, we, we coming. We, and it's, you and told Nancy she's it, not as happy? It, it tickled me. Nancy said, well, when are you going to L.A.? I said, ho, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what Link's email said. Link's email said, can y'all, as in good Southern lingo, can y'all come to L.A.? 
That's right. And she just she just lit up like a lit up Christmas tree then, boy. She she said, All right. She assumed she wasn't invited. Of course she's invited. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I'm not gonna bring you out here without your handler. Without your <laughs> without your without your trainer. Like she you know, she's got to have that chair to like hold in front of you like a, like a tiger trainer, you know, like a lion trainer. Well, besides all that, you you've been doing pretty good. I mean, have I yep. got you up to about a seven yet? Or at I'm least at a, a six and a half. You getting to give me some oh, more of that dispatch? Right. Work it on up. Okay. Well, we getting on up there. Well, okay. I got a I got uh, a holler out from Sage Mitchell. Okay. And she who taught me how to write my name in Japanese. For real? Yeah. How? What? what how did? Like it was there like a video? She sent you. She a just video? sent me sent me an email okay. with it and how it is and what? Okay, what does that say underneath? Ch- uh, that's how T H A R U Z E is Charles. What in Japanese? Char- hold it up a little higher. C H. A with a little line across it. Cheruzi? R-U-Z-E. Cheruzi. Cheruzi. Yeah. C-H-A-R-U-Z-U. Cheruzu. Yeah. I, I, I'm more impressed with that than the actual Japanese writing above it, but that's pretty cool too, Dad. Yeah, because I had something to copy, but look up above it. It's got your name on there. Ryuku? Ryuku? <laughs> Yeah, I thought, how did that get linked? Rinku. (laughs) Oh, R-I-N-K-U. Rinku and Chiruzu. Why does my name start with an R? We'll have to to ask Sage about that. So the the L became an R. Rinku and Chiruzu. I got to remember that. Rinku. Rinku. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds well, like it's pretty it, upbeat. I hope the way it, you're saying I it. Hope, yeah, I hope if uh, somebody from Japan is tuning in that uh, we're learning we're learning a little Japanese where y'all can uh, not have to uh, understand English all the time. <laughs> oh, you think we're going to reach a Japanese audience just because I occasionally call you Chiruzu? Okay. <laughs> well, hey, I'm, I'm hopeful too. It's time for another edition of Myrtle Beach Mailbag. Well, I got an email from Matthew. Okay. And he's and he he asked me, "Have you ever been fired from a job?" <laughs> yes, Matthew. This is a good question. Do I have to answer this too? Because I got to think about this. Have you ever been fired from a job, Dad? Uh, or should I say yes. how many? One. One job. One job. At a time. Tell uh, me about it. Just one, No, I ain't never been fired, but from one job. Uh, I, I stopped working and changed what I was doing, but I, I was working at a, uh, a plant called Frontier Spinning. Okay. And, and I was working third shift. What did they do there? They make 
yarn, take yarn and uh, make yarn and where they yarn it up and whatever and put it and make it where that these shirts we got on where they can send it off and then they can make the shirts and the clothes and stuff. That's how they make the yarn comes from cotton. So cotton comes in the back door and then yep. yarn and thread goes out the front door. That's correct. And what was your yeah. role? Well, my role was to keep enough little ro rolling things where the yarn come off that it could stack it on there and, and, and to sweep the floor. I had to look kind of the lowest job on the totem pole. Okay. And they t and and I I knew the man that was over the whole plant. He was a pretty good friend of mine. So he got and you I, the job. He got me the job. And uh his How name old was Roger. Were you? This has been in like nineteen eighty eight. All right, you were a full-grown adult. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was a, yeah, I was an adult. And okay. <laughs> so I, okay. they they had a posting for a job, and they were supposed to go by seniority. And my supervisor on third shift, I put in for this job, and he gave it to one of his buddies that had just started about a week before that. And that that didn't that didn't go over good with me because I mean that's been. 10, 20, 30-some years ago, and I could still be kind of hot-headed. Okay. So I, I took him and the boy that he was given the job and carried him, and, and carried him in the office back there and locked the door. What? And <laughs> you, what? You... <laughs> And, and you told locked, him, I said... Oh, you locked him in with you and to have a meeting. And Yes, to have a meeting. And where they couldn't... And that was the only door, the only way in and out. And I I told the boy, I said, you know, one way or the other, he ain't getting this job because he ain't going to be able to work here no more when I get through with him. <laughs> and and it's going to be about the same way with you Whoa. unless you change my your mind and give me this job. He said... Well, I ain't going to change my mind. So the man that hired me to run the plant, I had his telephone number. And I called him at 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, one of the one of the guys outside that worked in there that knew me, he said, you boys is in a heap of trouble. That's just all I can tell you. And then somebody else come up there and said, well, they've called the police. They're on the way. I said, well, bring them on. So I called Roger and told him what was going on. He said, uh, well, probably the best thing for you to do is just go on, and when I come in to work tomorrow, you can come back down there, and me and you are, and this supervisor, we'll talk about this and see what's going to happen. But then he told me, he said, but you probably still ain't going to have a job there. I said, that's fine, Roger, but I'm going to be down there because if, you <laughs> if you're going to run a plant, and you got rules to go by when you hire somebody and supposed to promote them. This supervisor ought to know it. So the next time he does something like that, somebody like me come, might come walking through the door. So I just yeah. got my stuff, and he kind of let. He told me I didn't have a job no more, and I went on out the door, and that that was the end of it. I didn't hurt nobody. Uh, <laughs> and 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 while I was leaving the. Uh, 
one of, a police car pulled up, and I knew, I knew the boy that got out the police car, uh, Jamie Thomas, and I told Jamie, said, they didn't call me about you, did they? I said, oh, yeah, they called me, called you about me, he said. I said, but I left, and I didn't hurt nobody, so I'm getting in my truck and leaving, and I left and went on out the door. And, but I did go back the next day, and me and Roger and that supervisor had a uh come to Jesus meeting up there and Roger told that supervisor, he said, I better not never get another call at two o'clock in the morning, woke me up with somebody working down here because you're not doing your job like you were supposed to <clears throat> and promoting people instead of and having favoritism. So wow. <clears throat> I might have done a little good, but I, yes, I have, Matthew. But you I've lost been, the job. I've been fired from a job, but <laughs> I, hey, I was already working and painting in the daytime. It won't like I didn't have another job to go to. I was okay. working two jobs. So. so, so you don't regret it? No, you have oh, no. You wouldn't have I changed have, a thing. No, no, not, not nothing. Not even no. locking the door. Not even locking the door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. You were you're you're a man of principle. You're a man of principle. You thought you were you should have been up for the promotion, at least ahead of this yeah. guy. I, I, okay, I understand. I understand. Yeah. No judgment but here, know, but I, I, I did get a lot. Of, <laughs> I did get a kick out of it. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, that was back when I uh, still had a pretty good temper and uh, kind of thought things ought to be like I thought they ought to be, not like he thought. So, yeah. so. I'm better now. Yep. So. And I bet they are too. <laughs> I bet oh, they're better yeah. too. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. maybe every, let's just say everybody won in that scenario. Let's oh do, yeah, let's say that everybody won. Yeah, because because I guess they had to hire somebody in my place to start down on the lower level, and that boy got to keep his job too. So I mean, everything worked out for all them too. So there you go. It's all well and fine. Yeah. <laughs> so Matthew, yes, I've been fired from a job. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Probably because of my own doing, but I've been fired from a job. Um, I don't think, not to rub it in, Dad, I don't think I've ever been fired from a job. I've been sent home from a job um, for for being really bad at it. But then um, I was able to come back the next day and, and uh, as, as a reprieve. This was back when I was, um, you know, when I spent the summer in Santa Cruz on the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, and I was given a job as a ride operator, and I had, it was, I was so excited about it until I was assigned just the kitty rides. The most mind-numbing, you're, you're out there in the heat, and you're just, you're just waiting for kids, like toddlers, and their moms and dads, to like, put them in it, and you gotta, you gotta pick toddlers up and, like, put seatbelts on them, and then take the seatbelts off and take them out. I, and I just wasn't in a, I mean, I just wasn't in a good headspace, and I was just not, I was just bored out of my mind. So, like, I had this look of complete disgust on my face. It's like, if I really relax my face, and I'm, if I'm bored, I look, I might look somewhere between disgusted and angry. Like, no one wants to hand their toddler to some seething 20-something <laughs> college student, you know? Yeah. And my supervisor came over and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, yeah. 
I mean, I was probably defensive. And then she was like, I was like, yeah, I'm just having a hard time today. She's like, you know what? Why don't you just, why don't you just go home? I'll cover you for the rest of the day. And I felt so embarrassed. Like it was, it was a low point. Like talk about a walk of shame past all the toddlers. Man, it's like, if I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm supposed to be bringing joy into these kids' lives and I really felt like shit. I really did. And, um, I think I, I think I went back to my, to my room and wept a little bit. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> like, that's how, you know, I just don't like disappointed people. And, um, yeah, it just seemed very cut and dry. You know, I, this was on me and, uh, yeah, I could you, do, I could you, do better. That, I could do better. Yeah. That was, that was way before you had kids and everything. So you, 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 that was a, Learning situation for you and it's with not, children. Right. Thank you, Dad. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not for everybody. I that wasn't for me. But I made yeah. the best of it. And I, I, I didn't get sent home again. Well, that's I, good. But I've but I've never been fired. I've never been locked in a room because uh someone else was about to get fired either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't do that here. When you when you come out here and you're working, I don't want you locking anybody in a room, okay? I ain't gonna do that. Myrtle Beast, I'm here to remind you that Good Mythical Evening is back on Thursday, August the 24th at 7 p.m. Pacific, streaming on Kizwee. More uncensored, unfiltered, and unhinged than ever. Go to goodmythicalevening.com for all details and to purchase your tickets. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Well, we're going to move on to another email. We got Please. one from Alyssa L. Okay. He's, he, and I thought this was a pretty neat question. He says, what inventions during your lifetime were you most amazed at? Oh, okay. And, you know, Alyssa, I thought about this just a little bit, not to just jump into something, but it's really, uh, 
I guess the thing that's the most amazed to me is what where we've got cell phones now, and uh, and and we walk around like, Lord, we can't do with that this thing. Mm-hmm. Can't lay it down. Nope. We we got to have it to get directions to go somewhere when we're driving somewhere. Uh, to to look up and how to spell a word or. Not used to dick. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. So, right. I, I really think that uh, you know, and I know there's been a lot of stuff. But when you when you gr- grow up, when you're born in the fifties, mm-hmm. the way it was when I was growing up, because you had to either get in a car and go see somebody, or go to the house telephone that was hung up on the wall that was plugged into the wall. Right. It'd be interesting to me to know in 20 years the people that are like 20 or 30 now and getting close to up to my age, what what would be their take on what was the most uh, amazing invention of their lifetime? Yeah, because the internet's a given. I mean, the I, I the internet is the easy answer for me. I mean, it's like it, it obviously changed so much. It's like the biggest change. And the phones are kind of underneath that for me or like wrapped up in that. Like the, the, the biggest acceleration of historical change since like the Industrial Revolution. But it does make me think, you know, from like your farming days, being on a farm, that's, there's actually a lot of technology that, that has always changed pretty quickly when it comes to farming. Um, They've, they're always looking for new ways to increase efficiency or like to bring it, you know, whether it's like on a chemical fertilizer front, it's like making crops better, making everything more um, speedy. Well, it's that's kind of amazing that you bring that up because I got friends that farm now still. Yeah. And farm when I farmed back in the 70s and the 80s. And when we, when we had, when we run a row, to start a row and try to run a straight row and everything. We just picked a spot and tried to do it ourselves with the steering wheel and to keep it straight and, and go down the road. Eyeball. Well, they got tractors now and uh, Steve Thomas and Tim Thomas and them's got these big John Deere tractors and Tim's got them set up. On the internet, when he pulls in a field, he puts the he has done this on the computer at the shop, and it goes to the tractor, and it tells him how to how it's gonna run the road for the best efficiency for the water will run, it'll drain, you won't have any erosion. Wow! And and when he hits that button, he just sits back in the tractor. And folds his hands back, and until he gets to the end of the road, that's it. He don't have to do anything. It's autonomous. Does he even need yeah. to be in the tractor? Well, you gotta have it to where, when you get to the end of the road, you gotta hit the button, stop, and turn the tractor around. But there may be something yeah. now where not for long. Not for long. I'm telling you. But I, I think that I mean, put a baby uh, in there. Put a monkey in there. <laughs> Do the Thomases have a monkey? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> they, they might need to get one. Well, 
<clears throat> we're going to get on to, we got another email from Flynn Gorman. Okay. He says, my name is Flynn and I'm a second year medical student studying to become a doctor in Australia. Australia. I did get, I did that for me one day. So I, Australia. Australia. Do that. Australia. Yeah. How, do, what's the, do that accent they talk like. I'm Crocodile. Like, I can't do it, Dad. Oh, oh my, it's a croc. It's a croc. Blimey. Blimey, yeah, blimey, oh, yeah. Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> Outback Steakhouse. Blooming onion. Shrimp but, on the onion. Yeah, I'm telling you. But he, so he's going to, to be a doctor in Australia, and he says, I know that both you and Link have had some experience with doctors in your time, and you probably both had some good and some bad experience ex- experiences. Okay. So as an asp- aspiring doctor, I was wondering if you had any advice for how I can make sure to do a good job and make the experience better for patients when working as a doctor in the future. Oh, wow. Well, Flynn... You called the right place. You sent the, you sent us, especially for me. Okay, but um, if let him have it. But I, I know you, and I don't know. I guess they kind of teach this in medical school, but you you're gonna end up with some kind of bed bedside manner. But you need to have a bedside manner. Or a patient, if you just got a doctor's office, when you come in, or they come in to see you, that you're just not going to run in there and say, all right, this is what's wrong with you, and just say, this is what we're going to do, and and, and and I think this will help. If it don't, just come back in about, I'll set a thing up, and you can come back in about two months or something. We'll okay. check on you again and see if it's working. Flynn, don't do that. Sit down. These these people are at the doctor's office because they got something wrong with them, and they want you to articulate with them and talk to them and try to explain a little bit about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So don't just don't just make it a. I'm just gonna tell you this, Flynn. Just don't make it a money thing that you're trying to get as I'll many patients a money in thing. the door. You know, as as you're getting people in and out the door, not and, and I know that's important, but it it's, it shouldn't be the most important thing that you do because so spend time with your patients, but and and I'm gonna give you something that hadn't been what well, it's been two or three months ago that my wife Nancy had surgery. And they, and the doctors and stuff that did the surgery and stuff were all fine in the hospital we was at. But think something happened with Nancy while she was having the surgery, and I was sitting out, and she went in. We spoke. We went. We got to the hospital at five thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. They didn't take her back till about ten o'clock. Oh, and then. When they took her back, and after I got to go back and go see her, I had to go out in the waiting room and wait. Well, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I hadn't heard a thing in the world. 
Ain't nobody called me. Uh-oh. Ain't nobody said anything to me. So you found anything. Nancy, you found a doctor, and you, you took him into the office, and you locked the door. No, I no, not quite. And about the time I was getting up, because they had a board up there where you could look at it, and it had her name on it, and it said, uh, in recovery, in recovery. Would it been saying this for three hours? She was in recovery. Uh-huh. And finally, the lady that was working at the little desk out front came up to me and said, oh, there's a nurse going to call you in just a minute on your phone. I said, well, that might be a good thing because she said, because I saw you was getting up. And uh, I said, yes, ma'am, it's, it's it's been a pretty good while just for somebody to, that <clears throat> that's getting her gallbladder out. Yeah, that's concerning to have to wait that long. And uh, and it won't but a minute, my phone rang, and the nurse called and told me what was going on with Nancy and that they were having a hard time getting her awake. And, uh, and I told them, I said, well, don't y'all think that maybe y'all that just come and got me and had me come back there and see if I could help get her awake and having somebody in there besides all you strangers, and they were hollering at her, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wow. And and telling her to breathe, to breathe. I said, sounds scary. Well, it scared me pretty bad. And she said, well, she is getting better, but we're going to have to admit her. So Flynn, what what I'm telling you, and I know the doctor wasn't even in there, but the nurses and that that's working for that doctor in these hospitals, they ought not leave somebody just <clears throat> sitting s- somewhere in a room for three or four hours and not knowing what's going on with their spouse or mm-hmm. ever who they've got in there being operated on. So th- that'd be a good thing to take with you to make sure that people are, are aware of what's going on with the patient. I think it's hard, room. you know, for... Put myself in the shoes of a doctor. I think it's hard to not just move from, okay, I'm going to help as many people as possible. Even if it's not about the money, it's about, you know, doing your job. You forget that it's everything seems so high stakes to everybody who comes in there. No matter if the if the problem is down here or it's up here, well, that's the biggest problem they probably got at that actual moment. So it's it's tough to enter somebody's life right there empathetically and connect with them but you know i think that matters so much right it's like you can have all the degrees and all the knowledge in the world but if you can't connect with somebody that you're caring for like speak their language get them to understand let them know that i mean you're communicating care on a human level not on a doctor level um yeah i i did obviously that's it makes such a huge difference, but I think it's 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 it will probably be easy to forget if you're like, well, broken leg, fixing this problem, fixing that problem, and just kind of moving through it. You know, you kind of forget. Oh, each each one of these is the only problem they have. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and Flynn, I got one other little story to tell you, and oh. I probably ought to, but um, I have what they call CLL leukemia. Mm-hmm. 
So when I found out I had it at, at my regular doctor, they did a great job finding it. But I'd been sick some, and then I went to where my wife's cancer doctor was and had somebody there that was helping me, and they was kept saying, we're going to help you, we're going to help you. Well, this went on for six months. And I, I was getting really sick. I got, I mean, I usually weigh between 190 to 200 pounds. And I got down to like 155 pounds. Oh, yeah. That's and uh, I was sick. And they had told me they were going to call Duke Hospital. And where I go now, and this doctor I was seeing over there, just kind of, we'll get this fixed for you. Well, they didn't never get it fixed. And I called Duke Hospital and asked them if they'd got the information that that doctor's office was supposed to send. And they had got half of it, but they hadn't got the other half. But to make a, the story short, Duke Hospital found, got the rest of my information and set me at an appointment that day. And Nancy carried me up there that Tuesday. And since then, uh, they put me on this medicine I'm on. And I've been well. So don't, don't prolong stuff if people are really sick. You know, if you tell them you're going to do something, take care of it because it, it could end up being a, a terminal thing. Christy has taught me this so much because she's so good at it uh, with her own health and with the kids too and, and, and with me a little bit is advocating for yourself, making sure that like, okay, just because the doctor tells you something or, if, or even if you don't hear something, it's like, well, you gotta, you've got to press, and you gotta, you got to be the one that cares the most. And like you said, you're, you know, you went from just waiting around for six months to saying, well, I'm going to start making the phone calls. And unfortunately, that's that's the thing that I've learned is that you can fall through the cracks if you're not advocating for yourself and covering your own bases, and that takes a lot of work. Oh yeah, well. We're going to move on down the road and do the non-dirty, dirty word of the week. Oh, good. So a little bit more lighter fare. Yeah. All right. I'm all for it. Yeah. Because I think I'm you at know, like a, I'm at a seven right now, Dad. So can your okay. non-dirty, dirty word of the week bring me up to an eight? Let's find out. It's time for our non-dirty, dirty word of the week. Well, the the first word is Lobcock. Lobcock. That's it. So if if you were about like if you're lobbing something, you're gently throwing it. But if it's a well, if it's if you're lobbing a cock, um, is it does that mean it's not attached to anything? And of course, I'm talking about a chicken here. <laughs> <laughs> a chicken? No. Use it in a sentence. Give me a hint. Use it in a sentence. The bum fiddler put a fuck sheet into the tease hole instead of fuel. What a lobcock. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, you used all the other words that you taught me. I don't, uh, honestly, I can't remember what a bum fiddler, a tease, a tease what? A bum fiddler. A tease hole. Tease hole. <laughs> oh, God, fuck sheet. Uh, I'll, I don't. I remember that one was on a ship, right? Or was it the bum? One of them was on a ship. I can't remember which one. That's correct. Yep. 
What a lobcock. Okay, I think you've made it pretty easy. This is the dumbass. This is an old Tudor English word for an idiot or an unfit Oh, my. Unsophisticated, clownish bumpkin. Bumpkin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on now. I might, I might be in the running for this. I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but I'll say I might be in the running for for that label every now and then. <laughs> a, a, a bumpkin? Yeah. This is this is like a backwoods dummy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's worse things to be. You know what I'm saying? Well, I bet uh, the, I bet a, I bet a lobcock can be living his best life, right? Ignorance is bliss, bliss sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One person's lobcock is another person's cock lob. <laughs> when you say chorizo, what what what's your Japanese name again? Chorizo. <laughs> that's, your, that's your Mexican food name. Um, what is it? Char. Uh, let me. Uh, get your whiteboard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> chorizo. That's it. Yeah, that's chorizo. not it. <laughs> Chorizo. Uh, chorizo. What is it, Logan? Help us out. Chiruzu. Chiruzu. You can't read your own writing, Dad. No, no, no I can't. And I'm talking about the English writing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear. Me and Logan's already talked about that. But I write, so don't <laughs> don't you get on my bandwagon, too. <laughs> well, I already have. Chiruzu. I mean, you're giving doctor advice, but you're writing like a doctor. That would be correct. Chiruzu and Linku. We got to remember that. Chiruzu. Well, Dad, I'm going to tell you, right now, especially with this lobcock, I think you got me to an eight. I think I can hold steady at an eight, and All you've right. done it. Okay, well, it's. I am so glad that we've got you from a six to an eight. I think I was and, at a five. That's a big jump, Dad. Oh, okay. Few people can do oh, yeah. that, and you did. So thank you for giving me that boost. And you know what? I feel like you did that for our Myrtle Beast today, too. You gave oh, yeah. them, you, you notched them up a little bit. Lifted them up and everything's with what's been going on. So, hey, man, you know, it's always fun for me and you to get together. Yep. And being with us and all you Myrtle Beast that was with us, just join us next week for another mini dispatch. And in two weeks, we'll be doing a, another dispatches from Myrtle Beach. So, And it'll be in person. Uh, Oh yeah, it's gonna be in person. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in Los Angeles. Uh huh. We're gonna have and some adventures. You, sounds like you're gonna work me pretty heavy. Is what it sounds like. You got that right. <laughs> all right, Dad. All right. Thanks. I'm used to. I know I can count but, on you to boost me up, and I love you. But if y'all got a joke, question, oh. a comment you'd like Thought to share with me. Email email me at ratherbeshagging53 at aol.com. So y'all have a great weekend, everyone. We can't wait to spin your world again next time. So I'll see you, I'll see you uh, out in L.A. in a couple of weeks. Love you, son. Love you, too. Thanks, Dad. All right.